Mayday is brought to you by our October podcast partners. Our small business podcast partner this month is jordandene.com. That is jordan, D-E-N-E.com. Uh, she runs an apparel and accessories company. Uh, it is fantastic stuff. If you have a fandom, you should go check this out. Uh, this is functional fandom items. So these are t-shirts, accessories, aprons, all kinds of great things that are themed around fandoms but aren't your everyday looking stuff. Uh, you can wear this stuff every day. They're totally fashionable and functional, and I think you will really like what you see. If you have children, they have a kids section that has all kinds of cool stuff. Onesies, kids t-shirts, uh, crayon bandoliers, which I think are one of the coolest, most unique things I've ever seen. So definitely go check them out. Uh, JordanDene.com. Once again, it's J-O-R-D-A-N, like Jordan, uh, D-E-N-E.com. Our organization podcast partner this month is NARAL Missouri. They are Missouri's largest grassroots pro-choice organization working to protect a woman's right to a full range of reproductive health care for over 40 years. They are doing some amazing work. Um, You might have seen us live stream uh, an event that they were at where they had their handmade protest group. Look for more on that as the month goes on. For more information about them, you can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org. That's ProChoiceMissouri.org to get more information about NARAL, Missouri. Lastly, our wild card, and this one I am very excited to introduce you all to. Um, It is called Geek Girl Brunch. You can find out all about them if you visit their website, GeekGirlBrunch.com. This was something that is really cool, very grassroots, started uh, up in New York City by three women who were looking to start a women's only uh, brunch group to just talk about geeky stuff and do geeky stuff with fandoms and all kinds of things. Uh, So now it has kind of exploded and they have chapters all over the country in the United States. There might be one in your city. You don't know. Um, or a lot of international. There's some at Iceland, Tokyo, just all over the place. So you can visit them, geekgirlbrunch.com. They have a map and a list of their chapters. You can also apply to start a chapter in your city if this is something you are interested in. Um, So visit geekgirlbrunch.com, find your local chapter, or start a local chapter. That is geekgirlbrunch.com. Check them out. So once again, those are our October podcast partners. Thank you to all of them, and we're really excited to promote them and push out some uh, good people doing really cool stuff. This is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Welcome back to the Handmaid's Tale podcast. What are we not? We're not the Handmaid's Tale podcast. I only say this fucking like 900 times a week. Welcome back to Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. I'm Justin. I'm joined today by Sarah and Tiana. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. It feels like it's been a long time. It does feel you. like a really long time. I'm we glad to be you. back. Thanks. I missed you guys, it's, too. It's good to have you back. We appreciate your presence here. So how's everyone been since our... It's been like a month since we uh, talked. It's been since longer we, for you. Were you here last time? No, I couldn't make it. I couldn't find a sitter. Ah, uh, children. Yeah. Mm. They, they do that. Tiana, how are you? How are you? Good. Good. All is well? Yeah. Yeah? All is busy and well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, a couple points of uh, business to get to. First, we want to say congratulations to our friends at the Handmaids for HB40 group, and uh, more specifically, Sarah, Sarah Iliadovich Goldman, who we spoke with back in August when they were getting ready to do their Handmaids protest outside the Chicago office of Governor Bruce Rauner. Uh, they were trying to pressure him to make sure he signed this bill, HB40, which he actually signed today, uh, right before I left work today. Uh, so just so people know what the HB 40 does, it's a bill that expands the insurance coverage for um, abortion procedures, seeks to ensure abortion remains legal in Illinois, even if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade. 
So kind of a big deal, uh, given the current political climate. They were trying to get that done just to make sure everything was cool, just in case. Can never be too safe. Uh, so it was not exactly a done deal. He was kind of wavering back and forth this week. He came out and said he was thinking about it and had not decided yet. Um, his lieutenant governor, ironically enough, I guess, is uh, a Republican who's pro-life. And so it was very much not in favor of this. They said that they did try to get the groups together to try and uh, come to some common ground, which mm. I'm pretty sure has been done before and failed, but kudos to them for, you know, at least making the attempt. And he said uh, that did not work. <laughs> get out. I know, right? I know, right? He said that. Shocked. He said that, that the issue is too passionate, runs too deeply, or something to that oh, effect. Oh, thank you, Governor Renner, that, for enlightening us. But he did acknowledge, uh, I'm getting this from the Chicago Tribune. Um, he acknowledged the divide, but he said he sought to make the decision consistent with his views. He's personally pro-choice and has always been. Um, and he believes that a woman should have the right to decide, quote-unquote. Um, yeah, he's, like I said, he said he spoke to everybody on both sides and they couldn't come to agreement, so he just went with what he believed, which is good. So congratulations to them. I know they were there, like, that day that they did the protest. They were going more for length of time than they were, like, amounts of people. So I think they had, like, 12 or 13 actual handmaids there. Um, and they were there from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., just out in front of the, you know, this downtown Chicago office. And it was cool because we, you know, live tweeted it and we put their live video that they were doing on Facebook and Twitter. And there were people joining them. Like, there were a couple, at least I saw, like, two or three, four guys that showed up and just stood in line with them because they were just out there standing, like, silently doing a silent handmaid's protest. So it was really cool to see. So I'm glad that uh, they put all that work in and all the other groups that, put some pressure on that and they finally got that done so congratulations to them and i think we are going to speak to sarah either tonight or tomorrow so we should have that on the podcast uh you can check our uh old interview with sarah that i did uh, back in august on the podcast so you can find that uh so emmys that's the thing that happened. won a bunch uh handmaid's tale won eight emmys out of their 13 nominations which is pretty awesome um does, can, can you name them all off the top of your head Alexis Bledel. That's a person, not an Emmy. Supporting oh, actress. Uh, oh, let's see if you do you know what Alexis Bledel won for. Uh, guest guest star. Yeah, guest actress. Guest actress. Good job. Which is a weird category. I still right. don't really understand what it means. And she was semi-regular. Is that still a guest role? Well, I don't know. Where's the line? Didn't he say, didn't Warren Littlefield say that like, originally they had just signed her on for one episode, but she was so powerful oh. in it that they wrote her into the next two. Maybe. I, I think it's, it has to do with, like, screen time amount. Because right. regard, she's really only in, like, four episodes. The first yeah, three. Yeah, and, and not that many like scenes. The sixth that's one true. or something. That's right. She does show but up. But isn't Aunt over Lydia the not really in that many either? Who? Isn't Aunt Lydia not really in that many Oh, Aunt Lydia's either? in a bunch. She's in quite a few. I feel well, like more she's than a her. heavy presence in several, but not. Kind of it is a thin line, though. because even, like, Samara Wiley, who was nominated for... Yeah, supporting, supporting, act. supporting actress, actress was not necessarily in that much more than Lex Bedell was, but huh. I, I don't know. Again, the Emmys are strange because you get nominated for the show can get nominated, but you can also get nominated like they had two for director because they nominate by uh, episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like it was episode. Yeah, because the, there were multiple the pilot, and then it was the, the bridge episode where uh, oh, yeah. Janine oh, pilot though. One. Yeah, so good. So, so good. they won eight. They won. Let's see if I can run them down. Drama series, which was uh, that was awesome because they are the first, which is this hilarious yeah, first, streaming. first streaming service I know. to win for Netflix, to win any of the major uh, I know. series. Right, I was gonna say, they and they've been so doing it for money. so long. 
Yeah, yep. and they've done some really great original programming. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. For Hulu. It was awesome. Um, so let's see. Uh, lead actress for Elizabeth Moss. Okay. Uh, sporting actress and dad. Uh, writer for Bruce Miller, which was awesome. He did a Directing. great speech. It, uh, for directing was Reed Morano, uh-huh. who is amazing. Yeah, she mm-hmm. is. The first three episodes of she directed the first three episodes of the show. For those that don't know, I assume you know, most of you do if you're listening to this, uh, and just blew it out of the park. It was amazing. Yeah, those, those three are so three seamless. Are, they almost yep. make a movie yes. together. Yes, they're outstanding. And uh, Warren Littlefield. That's one of the interesting things. Like in that interview that we did uh, with him. He talked about having to fight to get her to even be the director because nobody had really heard of her because she'd only done, like, she did some cinematography and director photography work on music videos and other small projects and directed, like, one indie film that he said didn't really necessarily apply to what was going to be doing in The Handmaid's Tale. But she came in with, like, a 60-page spec book, which he said was, like, unheard of. Yeah. And and we discovered that she is the person that I want to talk to because all along I was like, who made all these music decisions? that I love weighed down in my decisions. heart and it was her because she came in and said this is what I want to play here this is what I want to play here and this is what I want to play here and she also made the dis- the color decisions in the palette of the whole show that I was oh, just really? kind of oh, in love like with oh really the promotional materials That's interesting. with like the wall and stuff I've seen I've seen what ostensibly is some images of her introductory like here is a gazillion mood boards about what I would do with this show and they're clearly that's what the the show's visual color palette mm-hmm. was derived from. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of that also has to do with Anne Crabtree and her incredible costume design. Right. But and the production designers, which they also so won for cool. production design. And uh, they won for cinematography. And they won for guest actress, which was all like the week before. I felt like they just threw guest actress in there like, we don't have time for you. You're going to go over here yeah, with all the technical people, so which is good. fine. And Aww. Alexa Fludell won, and she gave an awesome speech where she was talking about staying awake and, you know, yeah, getting out and doing things. So good for her. Well, maybe it'll be like the Ann Dowd speech where no one will be able to find it anymore because they've sure. taken it out of there. Um, so what else did they win for? I think that's it. Supporting actress was Ann Dowd. And then uh, Bruce Miller, who great. And I love the part in his speech where he said, thank you for uh, riding along with us when we wanted to do terrible things to Rory Gilmore <laughs> in his acceptance speech. It was great. It was fantastic. And then the actual, the, one of the biggest talks of the entire Emmy Awards, and I know Sarah didn't see it, but I know Tiana knows about it because they talked about it when we were on the radio show um, that uh, Margaret Atwood came up on stage with them to accept when they won for drama series and she brought her purse with her. And like, it was like a big thing. Cause you know, you know I didn't even think about it, but I didn't never, think about nobody it. Ever brings, I never would like, have thought about everybody, that. Nobody brings their purse or their handbag or whatever, yeah, you know, not going to handle your chap lift right there. Okay. She, she said that, through. I think she said, she's like, I just, it just goes no, she everywhere said, with me. No, she what said, it was because one time she left it in her seat and somebody nicked it. Oh, no kidding? Yeah. Oh, that's what? hilarious. I know. And yeah, in the green room while we were uh, waiting to go on and we were listening to um, her in the next room, I was like, who would do that? Okay, who is the dirt Is it like a robbed? seat filler that like hops in, fills the seat and is like, sweet, here's a handbag. <laughs> Look at this I'm going to take it with me. Oh, that's funny. Like, who does that? Well, not funny for her, but that's just a funny story to tell. Also, like, would you carry that many important things with you and the tiny purse you're probably bringing to hey, I don't thing? know. I don't know what Margaret Atwood has yeah, going on. Yeah, that's true. Maybe she has a really interesting maybe purse she, life. Maybe it was a, just a huge fan. That, that would like, be a I fun feature. If we could talk to her, maybe we could do what's in Margaret Atwood's purse. <gasps> that, that, would that would be, be amazing. amazing. That is a fun feature. That's hilarious. No, but maybe it's like I a feel like we should do that with everybody we interview from here on out. We've yeah. already What's done in your bag? The, uh, we've already done the uh, fictional character thing that Sarah loves because Mary Wissinger's responses were hilarious, so amazing, yeah. and unexpected. So Mary, <laughs> did you do that with uh, Warren Littlefield? 
Um, no. You should have. should have done I, that. I bet he would have I, great answers. I doubt he would have entertained it too long. Right. <laughs> that was my initial thought was, Warren Littlefield doesn't seem personality-wise like the guy who I'm yeah, going to have that conversation really, with. I could be wrong. He's, I, I he was a delightful him. person, but he does, doesn't seem like You know who would have like totally a, been on board with that? Anne Crabtree. Oh, Anne Crabtree totally would have been on board. Yeah. I didn't think about it then. She was great. She was amazing. She would have I just want to talk to her more and make her my best friend. If you haven't heard, we did an interview with her and it was great. And you could find it. It was fantastic. And we love her. It was, and she it got hosed at the Emmys because she did not win. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. She was robbed. We're only talking about positive things today for the most part, I think. I don't know. We didn't really make it up that far. The handbag the handbag thing should be a real thing. Please make it a thing. Want to do that? What's in, yes. yeah. what's in Margaret Atwood's purse? Yes. Can we do it with you guys? Yeah. I was once arrested, and when they were inventorying my purse, oh. I had just been- Hold on. This just in. Sarah is going to tell her I was arrested story. And go. <laughs> and so they inventoried my purse. I was 22, and I had, I had just gone to the dentist, and they give you stuff. It was kind of a child's dentist that I stayed with through my early adult years. And so they were like, uh, one bouncy ball? One- <laughs> <laughs> They were saying it out loud to like shame me. Like, one pencil? Uh, you know, from the do they do mermaid. this in front of you? Yes, I was oh. in the cell, but I watched them do it through, like on a desk in the that room. Yes, that's yes. really and they funny. Pulled, like the goofiest child crap out of my purse, that's and I was awesome. like, "What is this?" I stayed at my pedi- pediatrician until I was like eighteen. See, that's what I did with my dentist. I so. ju- yeah, I just had a like. I mean, I just moved out of my hometown. And I still had the same doctor there that I've had in my entire life. I'm 35. Like, he's just a family doctor. My parents saw him, and I saw him my whole life. That is awesome. So, again, congratulations to everyone involved with The Handmaid's Tale um, at all your Emmy Awards, which were, in our opinion, obviously, much deserved. um, Because clearly, as I've always said, the production value and everything that seemed to go into the show was, in my opinion, like, as good as anything I've seen, especially on television. No small Recently. You even commented several times on the cinematography, and it was phenomenal. It's great. The whole thing was great. And ta- especially talking to Warren Littlefield, like, talking just about how it all came together. So and, cool. like, getting Reed Murano by, like, having to really fight for her because they didn't want her. They um, kind of had to fight they, for Bruce Miller, And too. They, Bruce Miller happened by accident because the story mm-hmm. behind Bruce Miller is that they were desperately, and as, again, as I said with Warren Littlefield, probably with good reason trying to get a woman to write this show. They were like, there's no way. Stop saying Because Bruce Miller was like, I want to write this. I've been wanting to write this since, like, I think they said, especially um, Margaret Atwood said he'd read it when he was, like, a freshman in college. Yeah. And was wanted to do something with it, like, all along. And they were like, no, we cannot have you write this <laughs> you are show. A dude. You are a man. You cannot <laughs> write this show. And so they were kept trying to get these women to write it. And, like, for scheduling reasons or some of them just weren't into the material, they just couldn't find somebody. And so finally they were like, okay. And so I guess he filled his writer's room, which we did discuss one day, which we didn't know because IMDb did not have the updated. But I looked and there were mostly women in the writer's room so that was good because uh, Margaret I was saying in the interview on the radio station that his opening line is always hi I'm Bruce Miller I write for The Handmaid's Tale and I have one penis too many that's his go-to line so kudos to him for at least being able to joke about the fact that he did but again everything on the show fantastic we love it were they nominated for sound design uh sound did they get nominated for sound honestly don't know because it's excellent. I think they did I think they did that in visual effects, and the thing that won visual effects was uh, what's the stupid Batman show on Fox? Gotham. Gotham. Watched really? one episode of it, and Jada Pinkett Smith was intolerable, so I had she to turn was. it off. Oh my she god, was. you have no idea. And I'm not like an anti like chewing the scenery kind of. Well, or? I take it, I'll take it back. Um, what they had her doing. And the writing on that show is awful. Didn't I, I've seen a few episodes, but it was a long time ago, and I don't really remember. Was, it didn't stick. In my opinion, she was terrible. She's not a good villain. 
No. Or the villain isn't written well, and so she doesn't do it well because it's not the material. Yeah, I can't tell. Hmm. I haven't watched enough of it myself. But apparently, the visual effects, and I believe the whole award title is visual effects in a supporting role, which makes me laugh out loud because I don't know what that means. Why in a okay? I, don't I know guess it, I guess it, that Whatever. means it's such a big part of it that it's big enough to have considered oh. a role. I don't know. Maybe it's like a thing that wasn't there. I don't know. They do so much green screen. I don't know what goes on. Anyway, hmm. moving right along. Uh, we did have a Warren Littlefield interview, which we've just referenced here. That was awesome. Um, that was one of those things where I have contact with Hulu, and I said, hey, can we interview somebody after the Emmys just to get fresh reaction? And they were like, how about Sony before the Emmys, and how about it's Warren Littlefield? And I said, um, okay, because Warren Littlefield, for those who don't know, is the executive producer on The Handmaid's Tale, but is also the executive producer of Fargo, um, and used to be the president of NBC. During, during like one of its, what, its golden a, I, era. When I was doing NBC. the research for this, I came to a realization that he was there from 80 to 98. He owns my entire TV viewing <laughs> time as a young child a to college. Like, period. Because NBC was on fire in the 80s and yeah, 90s. Yeah, and 90s so, NBC was great. I mean, like 80s was like Cosby Show, R.I.P. Um, Felicia Rashad is like my TV mom. That's my TV mom. Like she is such a good TV mom. She's amazing. She would she would be an like, awesome like. She aunt. was great in uh she was in Creed the uh, new Rocky. Oh, I with didn't Michael see that. B. Jordan. Oh, dude, I heard it was really good. So good. Michael B. Jordan's super Fantastic. good in it. It didn't make a good splash at all. The reports too. I heard. Uh, it got nominated for at least two, I think, because I think it got he got nominated for director. Um, I forget the guy's name, Ryan something, and. Michael B. Jordan got nominated, I thought, and I think got nominated for picture, if I'm not mistaken. But it was amazing um, <laughs> because the direction, they did a lot of, uh, what, which I'm a big fan of because I'm kind of a film dork, did a lot of one-take shots where it was like they did a, the one big fight scene where they actually started with him in the locker room and did the whole shot all the way walking into the to the ring. The entire, almost the whole fight was all done in one sh- one take. Did it in one shot. It was crazy. You're a big Brian nerd. Kugler, I, would I totally think, not have noticed. Yeah, no, it's I love that kind of stuff because it's so hard to do. You know, you make fun of me because I notice like the fonts they use in the. Well, intro. you're the graphic design nerd. I don't show me to do. I don't that's know. just as nerdy. Whatever. Don't it was awesome. Anyway, Creed, awesome movie. You should see it. Um, totally so Warren Littlefield was amazing, but yeah, I was like looking through and I ran into like all kinds of stuff. Like, there's great stories about Alf. Which oh Alf, my God, Alf, Alf is one of my favorite shows of all time. Alf. Not because it's a great show, because it's clearly not a great show. But it, like, I was like eight when that show came out. I was like Ooh, right in the wheelhouse the of right needing age, yeah. Alf. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these stories about how the the actors hated working with the puppet. I guess it was a guy <laughs> that like had to move Alf around. Yeah, and it's like it Muppet. took him twenty something hours to shoot one episode of that show because of all the technical stuff they had to do for Alf. What? And there's a great story that I read about how Willie, the dad, ended up just losing it. And he had some things later on that came out about him where he was on lots of drugs and stuff and bad things. Um, but he lost it during the production and, like, attacked the puppet. Oh, just snapped. God. Yep. Oh, my God. And um, Artie Lang, who was somehow involved, I don't know why, um, told this story. I was reading that on the last day of production, nobody, nobody gave shit about anything. They got in their cars and just left. There was like no cast party. There was no nothing. It was like Alpha. They over. were Let's like, the thank hell God. Out of here. Oh God. Also, for our generation especially, um, I read this whole interesting thing about how the whole Saved by the Saved by the Bell like era of yeah. style of shows, like because they were trying to figure out how to get the post twelve plus 
audience with which they were losing because at the end of like Saturday morning cartoons, which used to exist, uh. um, kids would stop watching TV and yeah. move on. And like all the teenagers, like tweens were not watching things. And yeah. so they're like, we need to make shows that. Oh, dude, it totally worked on me. Oh, I was right? addicted. Right. They were doing Breaking the Fourth Wall. Oh, yeah. Way before anybody ever conceived of The Office. Yes. Yeah, but they stopped doing it after a while, didn't they? That was just the middle school years. No, no he did it, it in high, high school. school too? It was oh, in yeah. high school. Because he would call time out and freeze things. Oh. And then, like, step over and around people right. to get, like, closer to the camera Zach to attack. talk oh, to the God. audience. Zach Attack. It's one of the... It was great. I could do a podcast on that show for sure. Oh, dude. We could do that. That would be amazing. Let's make that happen. One of my, okay. One of my two favorite things. Obviously, one of the fa- best well-known things is Jesse on the speed pills. Right. That she takes. That was so like, I'm so excited. That, that was so excited. a crazy intense so episode. Scared. Amazing. Uh, my second favorite one is uh, when Zach and Kelly break up at prom. And how am I supposed to live without you? With, with, it's Jesse and Slater singing it. And oh, I forgot about that. Michael Bolton, when Zach and Kelly are out in the picnic table area of the oh, school, yes. breaking up. It's the saddest thing ever. Uh, well, I know. It's, it sparked my love for Michael Bolton. Oh, that's right. Is that your guilty <laughs> pleasure yes. song? Uh, fun fact. I have a party every... I haven't had it in several years because we have been, uh, basement issues. But uh, I, I like to play some fun games. And one of them is making people tell us what their guilty pleasure songs was. And I totally forgot that How Am I Supposed to Live Without You by Michael Bolton was Sarah's guilty pleasure song. I was... Definitely that's a legit that. guilty pleasure. Yeah, I went serious guilty I didn't pleasure. feel guilty about mine at all, but that's a legit See, other one. other people did like artsy ones and was like, that's my guilty pleasure. I'm like, that's mine not was what not guilty artsy. pleasure means. It was just no. what I was. What was said, yours? Like, uh, Stay by Lisa Loeb. Yeah. I, I probably should qualifies. feel kind yeah, of guilty that, about that maybe because it was not... It was. I loved it. It was on MTV for many that's years. That's a song Luca requests at bedtime like all the time. Oh, She does like kids' albums. Did you know? That? I know, but Luca doesn't listen to kids' album no, music. No, he wants he wants, no, the, he wants like regular. He wants to music. listen to NPR oh, nice. and listen to adult Lisa Loeb songs. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, jam. he does request NPR a lot. <laughs> um, and when we listen to music, like he just wants to listen to my music. Like he particularly enjoys punk and uh, classic seventies rock and reggae. Um, yeah, he likes reggae and he loves the Beastie Boys. Oh, good for You're him. You're doing it right. There it is. You're doing it right. I I've like reached him. the point where. I know I'm doing it right because Ariana, I tell her like what to listen to, and she like just uh, just piss off, Dad. And then I listen to the things that she listens to, and she's doing it right too. So that's good. Nice. She hates what I like, not really, but, but because she just she doesn't like want me it. to tell she her just to listen doesn't, to it. Yeah. yeah, you ruin it when yeah, you yeah, say you should listen yeah. to this. I try. Um, so yeah, my guilty pleasure um, is by far, and I love it when this song comes on because I put my fist in the air like the end of Breakfast Club. Um, it is. Um, Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Anywhere I'm at. The best part is, like, usually that gets played, like, somehow at a mall when we're shopping. I, I was going like, to say, and, like, a lot and, of bowling alleys, maybe. Me and Nikki maybe. will be somewhere, and she'll be on the other side of the store, and all of a sudden it'll start playing, and she'll just turn around and look at me and be like, <laughs> fist in the air. Love it. That, and number two, <laughs> a, close, a close number one, this is like one and one A, is uh, Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge. Oh, for sure. Amazing song. I can get MTV down with that party one. to go. Amazing song. Come on. You Amazing. guys had those CDs, right? Love. No? We did. CDs. Yeah, CDs. MTV party to go. Yeah. Yeah. Number Volume eight. 872. There I, was like a million of them. Number eight was my favorite. Did you watch Club MTV on MTV? Hell yeah. Who hosted that. it? Was it Simon Dan Rex? Cortez hosted oh, it for Danny a little bit. Oh, Dan Cortez, of course. While he wasn't doing MTV sports. Well, that was Daisy Fuentes, too. She was in there. No, that was MTV oh. Beach House. Can we... 
We could do a podcast on Daisy Fuentes. <laughs> I, I think say. I think like a nineties podcast is big in order. fan. Big fan of Daisy Fuentes. Moving right along. Nineties well, pop culture. As you should be. Uh, yeah, because I, I was right in the wheelhouse for that. Yeah, too. yeah, she's um, lovely. That's why they put her on the air. <laughs> right. I had this conversation with somebody else the other day about um, oh Anya Norris, who was going to do some work for us, a uh, fan of the show now, t- part of the team. Just so you know, um, she we were talking about Saved by the Bell, and I told her that I was more of a fan of Stacy Carosi. If you ask any oh. like hardcore Saved by the Bell person, and then you start getting into what even, female character you like, even though she was even in the Scientology. over Kelly Kapowski, nah, see, she wasn't <laughs> in there. Oh, well, she probably was then. Um, yeah, she was because she was young. It, the Kelly Kapowski versus Stacy Carosi is a very tough yeah, call that's to a, make because oof, Kelly, but Stacy Carosi, it's basically Betty and Veronica. It is. It's what because, it is. Because Stacey Carosi is Veronica, was a little badass. Veronica. And Kelly was very much the uh, you And know, also kind of like, well, I don't need you, Zach. Right. <laughs> but she made some comment about him, her being like eight years older than them. And <laughs> she was, yeah. She was only four years older than oh, Mark okay. Paul. I thought so she was, was older okay. than that. You know, it was like a, I'm a freshman in college, you're a freshman in high school thing. But, you know, that's not creepy at all. Moving right along. They weren't freshmen in high school. I was ju- I'm that just was making okay. the four-year okay. split. Right. What? It'd be like... I just graduated college and you're a freshman in college. No. Is that bad? That. Yeah, that's no, bad. No, that's bad too? That's bad. Well, it's better than freshman in college. How about I'm 24, you're 20? Yeah. 28, 24? Okay. Are we there yet? Yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> just making sure. Feel Didn't better it? about that one. That's good. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, our podcast partners. So September is almost over, so I would like to acknowledge our first ever, our, our inaugural <laughs> podcast partners for the month of September. Um, we had some awesome ones. So Fan Mail, who is going to continue on? I'm making them a permanent member. So anytime we do an interview with anybody, they are going to be calling in on the fan mail interview line. So fan mail, subscription box, buy Lady Geeks for Lady Geeks. You should get one because they're amazing. Um, they're, they're so not amazing. Even I bought me, myself another one. And they're great. Uh, Tiana bought two more. Yeah. What, is, good what stuff. is our equivalent MailChimp? Can we talk about that? Is that what we do? No. No. You what guys is, don't listen to Cereal? Oh, yeah. You call MailChimp is not only advertising on Cereal. Oh really? No. Where do you listen? Do don't you listen to other NPR public I radio to podcasts? Invisibilia and also a good one. But they don't. Mailchimp is not Invisibilia. Mailchimp's on I, a lot. And I listened to S Town. Mailchimp wasn't on there. I need to. I need to flex my. Yeah, podcast. you do. You need to try out Dang. some Radio Lab. Oh, I haven't listened to Radio Lab. So I'll thank you to Fan oh, Mail for being our partner and continuing on with us. I hope. Uh, I talked to Rose, who's one of the owners. She was going to talk to Jenny. Are they going to send us more stuff? We're working on it for us. Um, also, Comic Mix was also one of our podcast partners because they were doing a Kickstarter project, uh, which they actually got funded, which we were like pumping the hell out of because it was the end of it was September 15th. So it yeah. was like, and I hey, really wanted it to get funded. To I want that book. And uh, what it was is they're doing this collection of all these people writing comic stories and comic book collection anthology. And uh, it's called Mine. And it was all to benefit Planned Parenthood. And they raised their, I think it was $15,000. Finally, yeah, they even did. A, they even did. It's a one of those things. Goal. Like, I don't know if I could ever do a Kickstarter campaign because I'm no, you far would freak out. Too neurotic. No, I would check it every four seconds. And be you like, oh my god, we're it. never gonna meet our goal. Because like we started and they were like on thirty five hundred bucks or something, and it was the almost the beginning of September, and I was like, I hope this works. Here we go, <laughs> and like they made it up like Yay. the last half. It was amazing. So congratulations to Good them. Good job, Mayday fans. And we talked to Kelsey Herks, who is a writer that's going to be contributing a story for that. And she, here, I'll make this big announcer right now. Uh, we're doing a offshoot podcast of this podcast, Mayday Presents uh, Harlots podcast. Um, we're going to have Adelia Harrington and Kelsey Herks are going to be working on that together. They were both very excited. And when I found out about that, I was like, you two need to talk and do a thing. It's so a they talk. We're doing a thing. 
Mayday Presents, whatever the title is going to be about the Harlots show, because Harlots is coming back for a second season, and I have yet to talk to a person who has watched that show that hasn't said that show is amazing. Oh, uh, okay. So if you are a Handmaid's Tale fan, I'm told that you should watch Harlots. It's set in 18-something or other, 60-something London, with two rival brothel houses, and it's all about the uh, sex workers there. They're awesome. like right across the street from each other or something, right? I guess so. Damn They're it. very close. Am I making that up? I don't. Okay. Again, I watched the show. I just know people that do. Because in case you have told, uh, only thing I can watch on TV is this show, and then whatever else like I can manage, and that hasn't been one of them yet. But we're gonna have a podcast about it soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, Nina Diaz, she's an awesome singer from the band Girl in a Coma. We love her. You should check out her music. She's gonna be on tour here at the end of uh, the month through October. Her new album is called The Beat Is Dead. It's her solo album. It is fantastic. You should check it out at ninadiazmusic.com. So, let's talk about a few more things. We have some uh, Handmaid's Tale news. I'm going to pull up my list of... There, I, I got to say, whoever's in charge of keeping this show in the news... And granted, it's a fairly large cast, so you got a lot of people involved that could be doing things. But it is amazing to me for a show that hasn't been on the air since June that there is every day. It's just things. And it's so kudos to them for just... Well, I don't think Elizabeth Moss sleeps because she's doing like... 55 different things she just did the top of the lake just came out she's getting ready to do this movie that's coming out called the square which is like a little indie arty thing which i watched the trailer for and it is completely bizarre but it apparently won all these awards one of their shows and movies that wins awards and stuff at um festivals uh so apparently post emmys is good for hulu it basically doubled their subscriber numbers whoa they also uh, just revamped their whole uh I saw that. The UI is completely oh, different. Yeah. Is different. Good uh-huh. job, Hulu. Yeah, it's way yeah, more it's friendly. it's really really different and just gives a completely different feel um, when you're searching through shows. It's great. They did a really good job. That's awesome. So good for them. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. If you good have job, a show tech department of marketing with with that much success. That again, poor Netflix. Uh, well, no, not poor Netflix. Let's be no, honest. No, Netflix is going to do. I okay. feel bad for like about the a month, Netflix show developers. Things and the world's going to explode. Yeah. So it's going to be okay. That's really soon. I'm excited. I'm rewatching season one right now. Oh, I need to do that. So we don't know much about uh, season two yet. We do know that, what, Alexis Bledel is coming back for a bigger role, expanded role. Uh, Yay. Rita, yeah. Amanda yes. Bruegel or Bruegel, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, uh, who played Rita, is coming back in a larger role. And she, she did a story um, recently with uh, someone here that she was talking about how, <laughs> this is what, I'm going to read this. If you thought season one of The Handmaids was emotionally draining, eye-opening, and outright jarring, just wait until you see season two, according to Amanda Brigell, the actress who plays Rita, the Waterford's household, Martha. She says, season one is a walk in the park compared to season two. We're both rejoicing and incredibly terrified. Oh. So apparently it's going to be okay. Darker, oh my gosh. Which would lead me to believe that we're going to go to the colonies, which is the big talk, which they I kind of confirmed I have heard that. Rumors, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, we're so, going to see yeah. the colonies. I posted which something on enormous. Twitter about, yeah, there was an article about you wanted the colonies here it comes so yeah. it should get very and interesting. super interesting to learn more about the marthas you don't in the book right you don't you don't know you don't much about the marthas much. at all really other learn... than reference to the martha network yeah we didn't really learn much about them in the show aside mm-hmm. from a little bit of her character development where we learned about her son yeah with, that with the, when they uh, broke out the, the broke out the, the liquor good scotch. <laughs> all of a sudden you learn a little what else do we have here um elizabeth moss is doing a movie with david tennant anybody david tennant 
He does a show. Did a show you might have heard of. Uh, yeah, he's in. Uh, um, he was a doctor, like a Doctor Who. He was, but I don't doctor watch Who. that. More importantly, you ever heard of it? Oh, I've heard of it, but I'll leave it to you. I'm, or, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to make all the Doctor Who fans out there really angry because uh, yeah. they're what you would call passionate. passionate. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, he's also the, he's in Jessica Jones. He was the purple the man, and he is main bad guy in Jessica in that, Jones. That show. He's coming back, I think, for their and next so season. Twisted. Yeah, he's going to be back season two, even though she snapped his neck at the end of season one. So we'll see Spo- how that goes. Spoiler alert! It's, it's been Spoiler. out for a year and a half. So you're telling me there's a year like and a half, a, like a statute of limitations on spoilers? Yes, there is. I I don't know about that. I I. Edit it out then. Oh, there was a thing. I guess Elizabeth Moss read mean tweets on Jimmy Kimmel, which I haven't seen yet, no. but it has to be amazing because that's a great, that's a great, that's a great segment. Good for him for coming up with that. Um, there's a thing about she apparently had something written on her shoes at the Emmy Awards. Elizabeth Moss did. Um, let me let me read this here. It, it one shoe said off, and nobody knows what the other shoe said because nobody saw it. So there's kind of a debate between whether it said fuck off or if it said off Fred. On the other shoe, I just knowing that she curses like a sailor because she got she got beefed at the Emmys for calling her mom a fucking badass live on there. Um, and so I think uh, Margaret Atwood said that in the interview she was doing when we were at the radio station about how she had a mouth on her. So I'm going to go ahead and say it says fuck off. I hope it does. That's what it says in my head. In my version of the Emmys where I know she it's hasn't on answered. Like no, now that everybody is wondering. Wow. Um, let's see what else we have here. Da 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 da. Oh, Joseph Fiennes. They were talking to Joseph Fiennes to figure out how in the hell the cast like could stand doing the show because it's so dark and terrible. Um, and like we were watching the Ann Dowd Do thing like, right before this. An on-staff like, therapist. Maybe? I don't. Well, if you, I mean, if you were hanging out with Ann Dowd, we just heard we were watching the uh, post the IMDb interview with her, and like her real voice is so sweet. I know. Like it's, she's it's like it was a so nice, strange. Nice like, person. And Warren Lowfield just said that like a great day on the set was when you get to spend a day with Anne and or yeah. Doubt. And I was like, well, that makes sense. If she's like that twenty four seven, she would be amazing. Well, then she's an even more unbelievable actor than I thought she was. Let's see. So he said they just crack jokes all the time. Apparently, that Elizabeth Moss is like crazy joke teller and <laughs> keeps things pretty light. She's got to be. Uh, Margaret Atwood schedule. won an award for her graphic novel. Um, that was the the Angel Catbird that just came out nice. last year. Um, Angel Catbird Volume 1 she won an Aurora Award which I believe is for uh, Fancy Pants graphic novel probably science fiction stuff uh, let's see talked about Alias Grace which is coming up um, so we do have an announcement about that for those of you listening to this we are going to be starting in October a club of sorts um, and this will be the first book that we are going to be doing so we're doing a book to movie slash TV adaptations group slash podcast because we're going to podcast a little bit of it um, and we're starting with Alias Grace because it launches in November. So we're going to read the book and go through it in October. And they're going to talk about the show in November. Um, Anya Norris, who I met just through her being a fan of the podcast and we've talked online and she is what I would call an avid reader. Like when she tells me she reads hundreds of pages a day and I don't even know what that's like or can't comprehend that. I'm just not that type of reader. And then she's one of these people that has multiple books around the house that she reads all at the same time. And I was like, Hey, you should do this thing. And she I said, okay, are you that person? Are no, I don't a- read that much, but I have several books going at the same, same. time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I no. have three books I, right now. Me too. I'm lucky if I have one going. I try really, really hard. Uh, there's a great article on Vulture about Reed Morano. I think that's probably, maybe it's what you saw about her process of creating the whole thing. Um, so, Alias Grace starts on Netflix on November 3rd, I believe. 
So we are going to be taking a look at the book. Uh, Anya has like a whole schedule. She already read it. Has like a weekly list of topics of discussion for the book group that we're going to have. So definitely look more into that on social media. <laughs> Somebody just fell upstairs. Hope they're okay. <laughs> uh, we did have we have an interview coming up next week with uh, a reporter from Ireland because uh, they are getting ready to. They had a referendum. I think, on trying to repeal the Eighth Amendment of their Constitution, which makes abortion illegal. So there was a big rally tomorrow that she is going to be at. She works for a website called SheMazing, which I just, A, love the name. And so I was really excited to interview her. She's going to be coming on, uh, calling in on Monday. So we're going to get all her info from the march and see how all that went and see where things stand with the trying to repeal the Eighth Amendment in Ireland. Um, I also did an interview with a professor from ireland which was awesome because uh, she was doing a entire uh, unit on dystopian fiction and margaret atwood's handmaid's tale was one of the books she was using and i just happened to run into her on twitter because she started following us and i didn't know who she was but i thanked her for following us and she was like hey guess what i'm teaching uh, this this book and i'm recommending your podcast to my students to listen to as supplemental material and i was like our podcast she's like the one like, that's just us talking to our friends about like, this oh, thing we like? Weird. That's still weird. Hmm. So that went really well. I'm going to kind of tie those two together since they're both Irish. I'm going to put them all in the same thing and put it out. <laughs> I figure it's like the Irish edition, you know, Mayday International. Bah, bah, bah. But she was cool. And uh, I guess there was a, an entire um, symposium or conference of sorts on just the Handmaid's Tale TV show that was in Ireland. That's uh, actually tomorrow. She's presenting at it. And you will get this, and you will appreciate this being the teacher. Um, her part of this presentation was talking about the importance of silence in The Handmaid's Tale. Wow. I would appreciate more silence in my classes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I understand why yeah, she so would the, talk about The power about and the, the, the point of silence in The Handmaid's Tale. So she was pretty cool. We enjoyed talking to her. Deirdre, Deirdre Flynn. There's an extra R in there that I always mess up. Deirdre Flynn. And also decided that the Irish accent is my second favorite accent of all time. I was just going to say, favorite? how's the accent? My favorite accent? Yeah. Um, Canadian. Northern Really? Accent. What? Oh, amazing. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> You're silly. Uh, I'm not lying. Those aren't, Anybody they're says probably I'm not even in my top five. Don't oh. you know? Either of Don't those. Don't you know? Yeah. I hear an Irish no, one all the time. No. Well, my, I, just I, like I told this story before my, I told this when Mary was here, that my uncle used to live in Milwaukee when I was growing up, like for the first 20 years of my life. So I used to go up there like when I was a kid and my parents would say, please get the hell out of our house and my uncle was like you know probably in his 30s at that time so he was the cool uncle to go hang out with so they'd fly me up there and i'd hang out with him for a week and so that's how they all talk up there it's like you're here you know and a boat it's you know it's like it's like almost canadian but not quite it's not quite as thick as when you get up there but I, so i have an affinity for it so speaking of my favorite youtuber she's canadian and she's so nice and who's and your let's plug her who's your favorite youtuber oh, well, this tell has, the people it has nothing to do with the handmaid's uh, tale or academia at all her name is christine salus and she does phenomenal uh high intensity workouts on youtube and she's a vegan and she does a lot of that lifestyle stuff and she's awesome she does yeah she does really cool stuff she, are you a vegan no not at all but i like to vegan cook sometimes oh yeah what do you vegan cook when you vegan cook? Um, well, the Oshi Glows Cookbook by Angela Blidden is one of my favorites. She's got two editions, and they are so good. She's so creative. The photography is amazing. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm way into that stuff. Good. I guess I am a millennial. I don't know, guys. It's okay. I'm We're just not anti-millennial. Okay. I'm just going to own it now, I guess. It's fine. Own it. You're in, you're Where in would the, you dig? 
the in-betweeners with me. I like to be straddling, you know. <laughs> okay, that's not... You walked right Look, you know, either way. Uh, I like to, to walk the line Never between edit millennial that out. and non-millennial. What's the, what's the previous generation to millennial? Gen like? Xers. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Gen X. Yeah. Sometimes when Justin talks, I'm like, yes. And then other times I'm like, no. So I guess I do really kind of you know waffle back and yeah. forth we're watching your generation shaking our heads i know um, i've read many articles about us i'm joking mostly <laughs> see it's like when you talk uh, sometimes i'm like yes and when you <laughs> talk about vegan high intensity workout <laughs> youtubers i'm like no, no. yeah uh, i get it so in other uh, projects for handmaid's tale people uh yvonne strahovski uh, is going to be in a thriller film called All I See Is You with Blake Lively, directed by Mark Foster, who I, Forster, who I know has done a thing that I know about, but I did not look it up. Um, it is set to hit theaters October 27th of this year. You said it's a thriller? It's a thriller. Hmm. Okay. She could be in a thriller. Did you watch that show? No, I'm just like you picturing saw all the, the two of them, like saw, imagining right? how this is going to go. Well, the only thing, I, Blake Lively just did the shark movie, mm-hmm. right? It was supposed yeah. to be really good, actually. It got yeah. really, like, was really well received. Like, Sarah's, yeah. like, And she did that seriously? one where she doesn't age. I can't remember the name. Benjamin of that Button, one. is that her? Oh, no. no. Oh, wait, he doesn't age. He ages it's backwards. Like, yes, it's uh, a woman's name in it. The super hot guy from okay. Orphan Black and, um. Sarah just got really excited there. What? For a I watched the whole thing. Okay, series, so by the, way, the dad right. from Orphan Black. Yes. Oh, yeah. The dad from Orphan Black. I'm, while you're doing that, I'm going to look at Mark Forster. He's in that movie. Uh, what's his name? Cal? Mm hmm. Oh. Everybody loves Cal. And I was like, Everybody. I, there Cal needs who? to be more Cal. I know. Cal kind of faded out after the third season. I was like, well, where's Cal? I know. We need him. We need him back. Just like, you know, have him in the background so we can look at him during the right. Did so, Paul have to die? What was that about? I, Were you not a Paul fan? Or did you like I Paul? could live without Paul if they would just All right. Me so Cal. I'm going to have That's tempered, true. what we're going to call tempered expectations for this Cal movie off of the uh, yeah. list of I, things I that I know Mark Forster has done. Because one, he did by far the worst bond movie of all time which, which was one? quantum quantum of solace which is could be called quantum of sleeping uh he did world war z which was almost a good movie but not quite uh, wait wait wait. why do you think it was not quite a good movie um there was just something missing from it there was just something it was almost like the zombies were cool but mm, there was just something missing and i couldn't put my finger on it. i liked it like <laughs> i didn't think it was terrible um, but it, it definitely there was something. I really like the end, but I liked it up until then. It didn't really. The end just felt the like cycle. not the end, end. He did do Monsters Ball, which I think is kind of probably what propelled his career. Which that was yeah. a great movie. He did Stranger and Than Fiction, acclaimed. which is the Will Ferrell where he's the accountant. Have you seen that? He works for the IRS. That's yeah. a great movie. You would no, like that because it's like it, he's pretty plays it pretty straight. Maggie Gyllenhaal is a. I love Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's like a baker, and he's auditing her, and he works for the IRS, and he has a uh, someone is narrating his life. As he's walking around, it's great. It's, it's a fantastic show. movie. It is really neat. And Meg Gyllenhaal is great because she's like screaming at him, and because he, he's she's just this baker who like has right. this little bake shop, she and he's auditing her. It's thing. amazing. Yeah. Uh, he did the movie Kite Runner, which I did not see. The movie Kite Runner, and you were talking about Kite Runner the other day. So uh, I don't, no, I haven't seen the see movie it? of Kite Runner. No. No. I read the book and did not enjoy it. However, <laughs> I read a thousand splendid songs. I think enjoy is just not the word that even if you really like the book, enjoy is probably not the word you would use. Well, either way, I okay, I could appreciate it. I could appreciate it, but I don't know that I would want to teach it. So, but I read A Thousand Splendid Sons, Ooh, loved so it, good. yeah, loved it. Can't wait to teach it next semester. I'm absolutely teaching it. So, yeah, I don't know. The Kite Runner, the hits just kept on coming, and they they never let you up. You know, mm. it was like a dunk. relentless. 
Yeah, and whereas at least there were sunshiny parts of A Thousand Splendid Sons. Uh, he also did Finding Neverland, which I did not see, which is, I believe, the about Pan. the guy who wrote Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Is Johnny Depp in that? that? Johnny Depp okay, and Kate yeah. Winslet yeah. are in that. So he's doing it. So he's kind of he's, he's kind of all over the place. So we'll see. I mean, it's got good people. I like all the people. Um, I like Blake Lively, even though I've never really seen her in anything. She looked good in the. I mean, not literally look good, but the, as far as I know, the shark movie is supposed to be good. Which I saw a shark I've heard movie. She and I was did like, a good oh, job in that movie. sharks. And she That's was, Jaws. you know, she married Ryan Reynolds. She, so she, she really, is married she to Ryan Reynolds, cool. so good for her. because yeah. he's awesome. That's true. He's, he's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. And then once again, lucky Canadians, they got Alias Grace starting. Yeah, Monday, what's up with that? Twenty fifth. Because uh, CBC in Canada gets it first. Because again, Canada is the happiest place on earth, as demonstrated in so they're the gonna uh, ruin it with Handmaid's this show? Tale. <laughs> they're going to ruin it with this show. I don't know. So it 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 premiered uh, the other day. So I haven't heard anything about it. I've heard really good things. Margaret Atwood said it actually gave her nightmares. So you know, good sign what? there. What? Yeah. That Coming off the, of, the author of the book that the series is based yeah, on said it gave her nightmares. Said she got yeah, nightmares from the series. That's Damn. Yep. Scary. Yep. Um, the other people that are in this are. Uh, Anna Paquin. Okay. She's got a really good cast. Anna Paquin, uh, Edward Holcroft, which I don't know, David Cronenberg, and Zachary Levi, who is uh, Chuck. Oh, yeah. And so, I don't know if he's actually a good actor or not. I've he, never he's been in a couple Chuck, other things. And I can't think him. of anything else I've been, seen him in. I just know really him good. as that guy that plays so Chuck. So that's kind of what's going on in the Handmaid's Tale world as far as uh, news goes. Like I said, it's a lot. And I didn't even say everything that's on there. I know. It's like four pages of stuff, and that's only like within the last week. It's insane. So good for them. You can tell he's a Gen Xer because he printed it out. I did because yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. No. I can't. I got it. It's a paperful world. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I will say thank goodness for the Emmys, though, because that's the only way I can talk people into watching the show now. Oh, right. Oh, right. last year I'd be like, I know it's dark, but give it a try. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, right. no, I watched That sounds like seconds. torture. Well, because right? it's, hard, it's, hard, it's a hard it's sell because you're like, oh, my God, it's I was like, so I think you really enjoy it. Well, I don't know if you enjoy it. But it's right. Really there are good. some parts you're definitely not <laughs> going to enjoy, but you need to watch it anyway. You'll you just yeah you need to watch it. That's the thing. I've been trying <laughs> right. to sell it to my friends. It and is they're a, like, it's a sociological <sighs> imperative. You it need is. to watch it. Right. For so the good of humanity, you need to watch the Emmys. This, I'm like this they, show. they killed it at the Emmys, so I feel like I have a better selling point now. But yeah, both you have my to parents, let us know how that goes if your if your pitch is easier. Yeah, I don't know. Both my yeah, parents. Yeah, if somebody comes up with a better pitch for why you should watch The Handmaid's Tale and how we can sell that to people, yeah, let us know. Let us know because that would be great. You it can is, find it us on it is hard Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and at, at Handmade Podcast. Please let us know how we should convince people to watch the show. Yes. Because as we were explaining, so let's talk about this. We went on the radio, which was just totally out of the blue. Um, and we're sorry. Not just any radio. I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> I was sorry. There. Sarah yeah. couldn't go because of that. I did not. It's one of these things where like we all have day jobs. And I was convinced that there was no way that all four of us were possibly going to be available for this. They I'm shocked. Even emailed me out of the blue and said Margaret Atwood's going to be here in town on the radio because she was getting an award that night from uh, the SLU Alumni Library Association of the Universe or some such thing. Um, and we wanted to see if you wanted to come on and talk about the podcast. And I was like, Yeah. This is Obviously. St. Louis on the air. St. Louis for on people the air. who aren't from St. Louis on our public radio station, yes. our local NPR. This is our local NPR affiliate, and it's just a show they do in the middle of the day, which is all about St. Louis stuff. So they knew of us because an, the producer on the show does a podcast about Midwest produced podcasts. And when I found that out because she was looking for podcasts, I said, "Hey, everybody, and your mom that listens to us, tell her about us." Um, and so she knew about us and said, "Hey." Why don't you come on the show and talk? And I said, after I like stopped freaking out, I said, yes, yes, please. Uh, So we went there and Margaret Atwood was like, 
in the studio while we were yeah. sitting in the green room, and it was like bizarre. six feet away. It was just strange. It was great. I can't believe it, guys. It was just you know as surreal as hearing about people talking about listening to our show is. Like that was way more surreal. Yeah, like, it was. See, especially because you're seeing her through like painted glass. It's almost still almost not real. So we're just sitting there. We listen to her whole thing, and she's awesome. And if you've ever watched an interview with her, she's awesome because she's like totally chill Canadian lady, and like everything is like. And you know, she's been doing it forever, so it's like whatever. Um, we go out in the hallway, and this is a great story because I will tell this because this is a classic Justin awkward moment story. She walks out of the hallway, and I was told like. I just asked because I was like, okay, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. When I was emailing the producer, I was like, is she going to be there when we're there? Because I know somebody's going to ask me, oh my God, she's going to be there when we're there. And I just want to have an answer so we know what to expect. And she's like, she'll be there. There won't be time for pictures, but you'll probably cross paths in the hallway. I was like, okay. Uh, so she's walking out of the studio and we are walking in, getting ready to walk in. And she comes out and I like stick out my hand to shake her hand. And I said, Hi, I'm Justin. And not realizing because I wasn't paying attention that she is holding a coffee cup in one hand and a magazine in the other like this. Like cross, almost cross Nobody can see you. Yeah. And um, she was like, oh, this is awkward. Hold on. Like literally said, this is awkward. Oh, no. And so she had to like shuffle around and she shook my hand and shook uh, Rhea and Tiana's hand. And we went on our merry way. And that was our brief interaction with Margaret Atwood. So it was awesome, but it was totally awkward, which is a great story to tell. But, you know, it was just funny. Because I like totally stuck my hand out. And she was awkward. like, oh, I don't have. It. I was like, oh. And, and like, she was very, no she was very gracious. She was like, "Oh, hi, nice to meet you." I mean, she was like genuinely. Well, I nice. didn't hear anything after she said, "Oh, okay." Oh, this is well, awkward. she was very she sweet because I was like, "Oh my god, you moron!" You just. I mean, like, we were all thinking Margaret that too. Shake your but... hand when she didn't have a hand to shake. Nice job, great job. Well, yeah, job, and then you, you like kept up with it. You could have been like, "Oh, no problem," but you're like, "No, this handshake. Oh, it's yeah. it's <laughs> gonna no, happen. It's gonna happen." This is our chance. Maybe you don't know. You must touch. I have a what we'll call a storied history of. Always getting the celebrity handshake that I would like. And that sounds a little more nefarious than it, it does is. sound really yeah. weird. A few brief stories into this. So um, I do, again, life being all about who you know. I have a friend who just happens to work in the record industry, which is always good to have. Uh, so Lollapalooza, I like to start this with Questlove. So uh, I was at Lollapalooza one year and he had gotten us like backstage passes. Like you walk around wherever the hell you want. So I'm walking, going back somewhere and I turn a corner and there's Questlove walking back right after the roots had done their set and uh i was like hell yeah what's up Questlove?" and so he shook my hand it's like great set and that's so i call this my like celebrity handshake hall of fame so he was right up there because his like if you're doing a celebrity stock market for handshakes quest love is like he's way up now because they like went on to jimmy fallon and like yeah. he's like he's like Whoa. like before he was just cool drummer from the roots and now he's like way up here well and not to interrupt but my parents told me about the roots the other day i'm like no 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 you don't tell me about the roots <laughs> I've been listening to The Roots since I was, like, 15. I tell you about right, The Roots. No. They're like, they're great, Sarah. I'm like, no. Shut up. No, just no, shut no, up. no, no. It's one of those things, like, when it's you've been listening like to something. It's just like how Justin for... ruins music when he tells his daughter about it. It is. <laughs> She's like, like, shut up, Dad. Shut up. Just shut up, <laughs> No. I was more. like, oh, yeah, I heard of them, like, 10 years ago. Um, Yeah, so that was one. And then the Eddie Vedder story, which I'll tell, which is super embarrassing for me, but I am a Pearl Jam fan, we'll say. That's, wow. That's not I don't know how to. You want to. I there's there's a room in Justin's house which is decorated practically entirely in Pearl Jam paraphernalia. It's true. It's true. So, um, I believe same year. Yeah, it was a good Lollapalooza year. Uh, they were back. They, he they were he wasn't supposed to. They, they were headlining, but this was like the middle of the day, and uh, they were had just gotten off a tour with Kings of Leon either the year before or that year. Kings of Leon was playing, and Eddie Vedder decided to join them for a song, and where I was at. There was Were you no just like hanging out backstage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. In between, like you do. 
because uh, again, I had this pass that my buddy right. Chris got me, and so I was like, wherever you want to go. Um, and so I hear him go on stage, and I hear him playing, and I don't care about the song they're doing because I don't like Kings of Leon. Um, but then it hits me, boom, like a cracked light bulb over my head. If he goes on the stage, it's got to come off the stage. And the way he had to go from coming off the stage to go to the trailers where they were was like unencumbered. There was like no fence there. It was just they had to cross the lawn to get there and I could go back there. I was like, this may never happen ever, 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 times infinity again. Fair. This is our time. Let's go. And so there's Chris. I love telling the story with Chris in the room because he always says, Justin just looks at me and goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> That's all I said. Literally. I go, I'll be right back. And he's like, whatever, because he's, you know, hobnobbing because it's his job. And so I walk over there and it's just as he's coming off the stage and I don't get a handshake. So all I get is Eddie Vedder's there. And I'm like, well, Eddie Vedder's here. I got to do something. So he's walking by, has this ginormous bodyguard, by the way, which this could have really ended badly for me. But I was not the only one who was by him. So it was like, you know, a crowd gathers around him as he's walking by. I like patted him on the back and said, nice set. And Nikki, my wife, loves to make fun of that story. She's like, you want to tell him about the time you molested Eddie Vedder? I'm like, look, when you say it like that, it's really terrible. And she's like, well, he like touched him and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't ask you to touch him. I'm like, just, just whatever. <laughs> so yes, uh, contact with Eddie. Oh, we okay. teach my kid about how that's not okay. Yeah, I know. It's Touching not okay. Touching without permission I'm sorry, is not okay. Justin fully knew it, it had to happen. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think. Who else how, have I, that how have I been your friend this long and I've never heard this story? Because I've heard oh, like, I feel like I've heard most of your stories story. about a million times. I'm sure Nikki tells it all the time. She loves to tell it because <laughs> she likes to make fun of me, which is fine. It's a pretty great story though. Um, I'm trying to think who else was on there. I forget. I'm forgetting one really good person that I shook hands with, but I don't remember. Oh, Eric Dickerson running back for the Los Angeles Rams is in the Hall of Fame. Kind of big deal. Um, Doesn't compete with Questlove. Sorry. No, no I don't know. No. Questlove is like, you know, well, it's apples and oranges. It's sports guys and music guys. Nope. That's, doesn't compare. That's where my brain is. Uh, I want to congratulate our winners. We had a little Emmy contest during the Emmys uh, where we uh, said, hey, guess how many Emmys Handmaid's Tale is going to win? And if uh, I'll... You know, whoever guesses right out of all those people, like if somebody says six and they win six, all the right answers will pick a winner out of that. So they won eight um, and they won five that night. So I was asking about that night specifically. So there are very few people, even myself. I didn't I didn't think they were going to sweep all the categories that they were nominated for. Um, and so we picked all those people. Our winner from Twitter was and this is one of my favorite things of all time. I love Twitter handles at Sharp Shard. Nice. <laughs> Which I won't say a real name, but it, it fits with the name. Uh, and then our bonus winners, because I uh, we got a what I would say a hefty response to this, which I was not expecting. Um, I never know what's going to happen when I put stuff on social media and say, "Hey, we're giving things away." Um, but we had a sizable response to this, so I emailed the person who was helping us give away the prize, and I said, "Hey, can I get two more of those? <laughs> That'd be great." And she was like, "Well, if you tell them to follow me," and I was like, "Absolutely, here we go. Go follow her, and uh, you can do that." And that was, uh, by the way, Jordan Denae, which I know is sent Tiana to that website, but you should check out that website. Anybody who has a fandom and likes cool looking clothes that aren't necessarily fandom looking clothes. Um, I believe their, their thing in their website is functionality and fandom meet. That's yeah, what they do. She's a good artist. They're hand lettered. Uh, they do hand lettered t-shirts with, um, very fandom themed like sayings or quotes on them. Mm -hmm. And one of the coolest things I showed Tiana, this is they have crayon bandoliers. And for those of you not familiar with bandoliers, yeah. it's the little thing that holds Think all the Think about bullets. Chewbacca. Away, it's like, what Chewbacca wears. Oh. And they like hold crayons so you can put them in there. So instead of bullets, it's crayons. It's amazing. It's crayons. So oh they do God. awesome stuff. And she was nice enough to, uh, give us the shirt which they had just created for the show which was the uh i'm gonna screw this up and you think i wouldn't uh the no lites te bastardes cover under them i'm doing that right uh that's what the Cover shirt says what well, hey, okay 
fancy pants. You want to say it? Go ahead. Say it. Nolita's te bastardes cabrón. You can't even do it. Can't even do it. Make fun of me. Uh, so she gave us the. We gave two of those shirts away, and we also. And this is great because who knows when I went to Oregon on vacation? What month that was? June. That's right. I just gave away (laughs) a thing that we were at like a nerdy craft fair type thing, like geek craft fair that they had. Absolutely. (laughs) I found that. Isn't that amazing? That's weird. Knowing my family. Um, And we ran across these, this um, designer called Ninth Street Designs. It was these two women and they have amazing stuff. And one of the things they had, which they were impressed that I even knew what it was because they said there were so many people that didn't was the Nolites Te Best Artist Carburetorum. Uh, bitches is what it says and they had like everything so I bought this little they, g- they gave me I talked to them I was like hey I do a podcast and we give stuff away I was like do you mind if I get, you know, get something and then we'll, we'll plug you and they're like sure and so I took this thing it's cool it's just a little wood piece of art just a you know block and um, and then I didn't give it away till the other day so I'm pretty sure and I messaged her on Facebook and I was like I am very sorry that it took me from June to September to <laughs> give away your thing. You were probably thinking, oh, some rando dude said he had a podcast and totally just ripped us off. But we did not rip them off. So Ninth Street Designs, out of Oregon. Fantastic stuff. You can uh, check them out as well. They gave us stuff to give away. Um, uh, and there will be more stuff. I'm working on other uh, ideas. I pitched other things that I will not mention right now because if they don't happen, I don't want anybody to go. I thought that was going to be a thing. So I don't know if it's going to be a thing. But if it is, everyone will be very happy. Let's just put it that way. Um, and then, like I mentioned, uh, Mayday Presents Great Adaptations. That is going to be our brand new book to movie slash TV show club that we're going to do pretty much from now until we decide not to do it anymore. So basically, one month we're going to read the book. The next month we're going to watch or you know talk about whatever it is. And we're going to try and keep it with new stuff. And I think the way we're going to schedule it is so obviously said we're doing Alias Grace first. So reading Alias Grace, and we'll have kind of a schedule of talking points weekly and what chapters we're going to be talking about. Watch the show. I believe Alias Grace is only four episodes, so it kind of fits. You could do one per week in November because um, it's short. And then it's really after, a yeah, after we do the watching, we're going to take a month where we just do like, instead of hopping right back into another book, we're going to do like a themed month. So like December will be the month after November. <laughs> for those of you who are wow. familiar with calendars. Thanks for that. Um, So or I think we're going to do like a themed show on um like holiday books that have been made into movies and just talk about some of them because huh. going from december to january just seemed like a weird time to be trying to get people to do things yeah you know holidays being what they are a little busy so then we'll hop back into it in january and so like every but every, then hmt2 comes out when april um april and may i would imagine they're keeping with the same okay. schedule or at least trying to keep in the same relative time frame um so yeah that's what we're going to have going. So we're not really sure what the next book or adaptation. I'm lobbying for a movie called Annihilation. Does anyone see this? No. Nope. It's a book, obviously, because we're doing that. Um, I just saw the trailer, and it's Natalie Portman. Um, it's apparently a trilogy by this guy. I forget the guy's name that wrote the book, but it's kind of a dystopian thing, but it looks amazing. Uh, she is the lead, which is cool, and uh, it is really kind of it's very naturey like the uh, it kind of looked like the happening only if someone wrote it and made it correctly and did a good job <laughs> and Marky Mark wasn't the actor and it not that I have a lot against Marky Mark uh, it's just and it wasn't didactic crap I never saw that movie oh it was terrible it was did so you see bad. it did you see it Mm-mm. oh spoiler awful. alert it's the plants yes it's they're the after plants. us yes because we don't take care of them we don't 
Millennials it, tell us that all the time. It's it's horrible. <laughs> well, I'm a vegan, so <laughs> you don't even you know. You said you weren't a vegan. I'm totally not a vegan at all. It's a totally different show. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about the Harlots podcast that's coming up, so I can wipe that off the list. Uh, so that's really all. all uh, that was a lot of announcements. We could have done a whole show about the things that, that are happening with the show, but we've been trying to slowly build the amount of content we have, and we've expanded the team. Oh, I do have one more thing, because this is why I have all this news. So um, I talked to another person that I met through doing this podcast. Um, she is going to be doing and kind of aggregating all the handmade sale news that is out there, which again is an insane amount just from you seeing in like in the last week and a half. Uh, and every Monday and Thursday, we're going to throw it together into sort of one place and put it out so people can go find it on our website. Nice. Yeah. So we're going to have Mayday News. I believe she's calling it um, Blessed Be the Fruit, Mayday News. And she's just going to collect it all and kind of summarize and have bullet points with links to the stories of places that actually have the stories. But we're going to kind of collect it all into one spot so that people can find it. Because, again, it's an insane amount of information that is about this show and the people doing things on this show. So we'll put that out there. There's a lot of things going on. We'll have it all out on our social medias. So, uh, again, we're at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I think the only places where we are, aren't we? We're not on Reddit. We're not on, like, Tumblr. Tumblr is bad news, I heard. I don't know anything about Tumblr. You know, that's like more of the artsy place people to be, right? And bad Yeah, you know, that and like porn. Right, on Tumblr. So that's, yeah. I only thing that my, my daughter, is she's a middle schooler, so they know lots of people with Tumblr accounts. And she's like, Tumblr's bad news, Dad. I don't know if we want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, if you say it's bad news, then I'm staying out of it. Um, so, yeah, at uh, Handmade Podcast. That's where you can find us. And uh, you can find our podcast, which you've already found. If anybody else needs our podcast, just tell them to go anywhere you get a podcast because we should be there. So anything else before we uh, bid a fond farewell to our show? No? Mm-mm. Oh, uh, I was arrested for a parking ticket that I didn't pay. Oh. Or uh, no, a moving violation, a, a uh, speeding ticket that I didn't pay for seven years. So it was not like anything bad. Not Just tell your friends. Was... I like the mystery of what did Sarah get arrested for. <laughs> yeah, no. Tiana ever been arrested? No. no. My dad used to be a cop. Are you kidding? Oh, nice. I, I've no, also never been arrested in that. If also, I'm a really good planner. You actually true. never was caught. speeding tickets. I've never had I a have ticket. had several speeding tickets. I've never been I've never been pulled over for oh doing something. Oh, On that note, we need to end this show. <laughs> Once a police over. officer pulled me over to warn me that I should roll down my window at that particular stop sign because it's a like there was a blind hill. Like there was no way you could ever see if somebody was going to blow through. He pulled you over just and to he say, pulled, hey, yeah, I, I was. Do this? Now, to be fair, if he had really been paying attention, he would have realized that he just pulled over a 15-year-old at one <laughs> thirty in the morning. Sorry, a 16-year-old, barely 16, at one thirty in the morning, kind, cur- of, curfew law kind of out in the, the country, and I had two empty liquor bottles in my car with me. I did not drink them all myself. But I was just, know that. but I was just coming from a party around the corner <laughs> where we were having a bonfire on somebody else's property. Wow. Dang. Talk about missed opportunities. Yeah. I like think about speeding and well, I get it. Sorry, mom. I know you listen. We'll sorry, dedicate mom. that show to that But cop. I got home safe because I wasn't drunk. All right. Well, this has been Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast where Tiana has never been arrested, but should have been Sarah got arrested <laughs> for a parking ticket that she didn't pay for seven years. Yep. And I'm an angel. Never been arrested. No, that's not true. Whatever, you nerds. All right. For uh, all the non-millennial Gen Xers out there. Um, have a great day, and we'll uh, talk to you later. <laughs> and you straddling millennials. Oh, God. What? <laughs> Don't call it straddling. Straddling. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, see now we're fading In out. In betweeners. Fading out. No, fading out.
Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please head over to allconsumingcontent.com for more great podcasts. You can check out Back to the Money Bin, a DuckTales podcast, Player vs. Player podcast, and Blues Hockey podcast. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app.